Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, November 26th. Uh, it's a pretty slow and quiet morning, not a whole lot of news to really talk about. S&P futures are trading uh, flat to down two points. Europe is trading off small, about 30 basis points. Asia was mixed um, with none of the major indices seeing really huge gains in either direction. Um, so like I said, not not too much to talk about. The US, US and China trade officials held another phone call this morning. Um, China issued a statement on it. It was very vague, just saying how they held another call. Um, so obviously the kind of the phase one negotiations are continuing um, and they have not been or they don't appear to have been impacted by what's occurring in Hong Kong with the legislation recently passed in Congress. Um, and again, I think if you go back to Sunday and you look at the IP guidelines released by China, all signs point to the phase one process continuing. Um, I think markets widely assume there will be a phase one deal in the coming weeks. Um, it probably won't occur by December 15th, but you will see those December 15th tariffs suspended. Um, and the big question now is what happens with the existing tariffs? Do we get what is the extent of the rollback that occurs? Um, I think markets roughly uh, are anticipating the September 1st tariffs get rolled back, but that's still unclear. So, you know, at this point in time, I, you know, I think the markets need to stop being so surprised or being so celebratory when you see headlines confirming that phase one is on track because. Again, that's largely the assumption at this point. Um, I do think it's notable that the U.S. side has really not commented on the status of trade talks for at least a week. It's mostly been China that have been issuing statements and commentary. Um, and so I think that's relatively notable as far as kind of official takeaways or readouts from the phone calls and the various communications that have been occurring. Um, so it'll, just be, it'll be interesting to see kind of where this, where this all unfolds and, and you know, if we see any more specificity on timing. Um, and then also the rollback. And that's really kind of the big question at this point. So that's probably the biggest macro headline, just the fact that the two sides held another phone call. Um, Powell spoke last night, very innocuous in my view. He really reiterated the same message he's been giving now for a couple of weeks. Um, the Fed cuts, uh, the recent Fed cuts have not been fully realized in the economy. So the Fed anticipates that you should see growth react to the cuts made over the last several meetings. Um, and Powell seems pretty comfortable that the Fed will be on hold, um, you know, for for the foreseeable future, and I think that's really the message for most of the major central banks, at least, namely the Fed and the ECB. Um, the more interesting f- central bank commentary was probably out of Australia, where the head of the RBA spoke, um, and he gave a speech that really touched on um, unconventional monetary policy, and he suggested that the bar for the RBA to kind of um, go down the road of negative rates or quantitative easing is very high. So just kind of, I think, pouring some cold water on uh, the prospect of unconventional policy out of the RBA. The Australian dollar is really not reacting to that comment. It it briefly spiked when the speech hit the tape, um, but it's back to flat. So not not a real huge market reaction. That's probably the more interesting central bank commentary. Not much economic data out um, anywhere really in the world. Certainly nothing that's really going to shift the the, the market's view on anything. Um, There were a bunch of earnings reports out of the US last night. Um, nothing too dramatic. I think, um, HPE, HP enterprises fell short on revenue. 
um, uh, PVH, which is obviously a very uh, a a apparel levered consumer name, um, had a decent quarter, but the guidance for the January and quarter was a little light, and management's qualitative commentary was on the cautious side. Um, Palo Alto Networks had underwhelming EPS guidance, um, and then there's a ton of earnings out today. So these are just the big highlights in the morning. Analog devices, in my view, is probably going to be the most important report of the entire week, just given that it it has exposure to a variety of different end markets in tech and industrials, et cetera. Um, and it also has that extra month in its quarter. So it will, it will give insight into, I think, um, just the state of a lot of various uh, different pockets of the economy. So analog devices this morning, along with Best Buy, Dick Sporting Goods, Dollar Tree, um, Harmel Foods. And then after the close, you get Autodesk. BOX, Dell, uh, Hewlett Packard, and VMware. So earnings, I think, are really the big focus. There's really not a lot of macro catalysts on today's calendar, other than any unscheduled um, uh, unscheduled trade headline. Um, and that's really kind of it, I guess, for the rest of the week. You do get tomorrow the PCE for October, which is really kind of the only major US economic data point. Um, and then DEER reports tomorrow morning. And then it's kind of, uh, you know, relatively quiet for the rest of the week, um, given the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, as we come back, so the week of December 2nd, like I've been saying now for a while, there are a ton of sell-side conferences the week of December 2nd and the week of December 9th. So this, that's really going to be kind of the first opportunity for most management teams to update investors on the state of calendar Q4 since the Q3 earnings call. So it'll be interesting to hear just kind of the tenor um, from management teams, you know, we kind of have that Cisco phone, uh, Cisco earnings call from a couple of weeks ago, where management certainly was more cautious, talking about how business trends deteriorated. Um, and given that you really have not seen um, a lot of o- overhangs lifted on, on the trade front, you've seen a lot of kind of trade hope. But we'll, it will be interesting to see if that's actually translated into um, you know actual movement on the fr- on the part of corporate executives in terms of hiring and spending, et cetera. I don't think it it, it has. So I would anticipate that. Um, the tone probably hasn't shifted too much from the calendar Q3 calls, but it's it's definitely going to be more cautious, I think, than the current market narrative. Um, I, I sent around midday yesterday a whole calendar for the month of December. Um, you know, I really do think other than trade, there's not too much macro on on the December calendar. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the, the, the stocks are having such an easy time rallying. There aren't necessarily any clear obstacles absent a complete collapse in uh, you know, the U.S.-China trade negotiation, there's not much else on the calendar in December that could be very disruptive. You know, the central banks are all expected to be non-events. The market doesn't obviously really care about the whole impeachment process. You're going to see movement on that front. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why investors seem so comfortable right now, um, you know, rallying the tape on a relatively, almost on a daily basis. So uh, that is pretty much it for today. Um, obviously there's a lot more news out. I have all the details in today's Vital Dawn. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast.